Hi, I'm Misty. And I'm Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hey, what's up? It's Liz and Misty back with another episode of Talkin' Shitterature. What's been going on? What's up? Back to school. Yay. yay. That's pretty much all I have to say about that is yay. I feel like I am spinning my wheels every morning for two hours trying to get these knuckleheads where they need to be. But it's so much easier just to do it all in the morning and then be done for like eight hours. That's true. But I understand not wanting to get up. My But my kids both are just, oh my God. Oh, first day of school, my daughter wakes up smiling, so excited. Second day of school, she wakes up crying, doesn't want to go. Oh, same, same. Elliot was up 5 o'clock. Mom, mom, can you straighten my hair? Can you do this? Can you do this? Now I'm lucky if she even wears her actual uniform because she hates it. She hates her hair. She hates her face. She hates her feet. She everything. hates everything. Everything is stupid. It's, it's so stupid. Can you imagine if they did not have uniforms? No, I would hate it. And it would be awful. As much as I hate the idea behind uniforms in my house, I love uniforms. <laughs> you can't argue with me. You can go argue with the school board. Right. It's not my fault. Oh, I'm sorry that skirt's down to your ankles. Not my sorry. fault. Sorry. Sorry you don't like navy blue, but. Too bad. It is what it is. Well, I discovered Book Talk through a podcast, ICYMI, where they. That's in case you missed it. And they actually talk about a bunch of other things. But that one caught my eye because they were talking about books and how book talk is actually bringing back reading, which I think more people read than I think people read. Right. But they're getting more people interested in reading, which is always a good thing. I love to talk about books, obviously. So it seems like I'll tell someone, oh, I'm reading this book. And they just blankly stare at me and they're like, can I just watch the movie? So that one caught my eye and I started listening to that episode and it's just a bunch of like young adult books, a lot of sex going on. And some young adult books? Yes. Isn't that crazy? That's really disheartening. (laughs) That's not the young adult books (laughs) I used to read. No, I don't think it's like Ramona books. Oh. (laughs) So maybe they mean like young adult, like we're going to say young adult is like 18 to 21. Okay. Yeah. Right. That makes it feel a little bit better. But they talk about A Court of Thorns and Roses a lot. Oh, there was another one, some Achilles, Achilles book. I need to figure out what book it was. They mentioned that book probably about 17 times. We Were Liars. And then this other crazy book called Ice Planet Barbarians that Mm -hmm. apparently just took hold and just ran away. It's about these aliens that come to Earth and abduct a bunch of women. Their spaceship breaks down, so they just... Uh Drop them off on another planet where these big, giant, blue barbarians, I guess, Okay, come around and all they like to do is it. So the whole, they just like to do it. Apparently, Ice Planet Barbarians, it's got four and a half stars on Amazon. Oh my God. And it is, listen to this, it's number one bestseller in science fiction romance. Okay, should this be our next book? (laughs) I don't know. There's actually 22 of them that we. Oh, it's could, a series. It's a series. They're really oh. short books. So if you, you know, if we want to do like a little shorty blurb episode, maybe we can. Okay. Some of the other titles include Barbarian Before Christmas, Ice Planet Honeymoon, and Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could read it because I don't know if I could take it seriously. Oh my god, it's so funny! Everybody loves it. 
Have you seen the book talk where she will give the summary of the book in a way that it's happening to her? I have not, but they did talk about that on the ICYMI episode. It gets me every time. They were talking about how clever it was and how it just like gets people interested in reading and it's just a really fun way to review a book. And I actually tried to look for some of those, but I don't know, I probably got distracted with like um, making dinner or something right, dumb. something boring. So I thought that was really fun. That's We're going to have to read ICYMI. Planet Barbarians. Icelandic? Ice Planet. Uh, Ice Planet. Yes. Okay. I thought you were saying Icelandic. No. Okay. No. So, but I also watched a murder documentary. Which one? Sophie on Netflix. Did you watch that? I think I have it saved to my list. Okay. It's, I was going to say fun, but. No. No, that's not really the adjective you would use. It's about an Irish murder. Okay, yes. It's a French woman, and she has a second home in Ireland in Skull. Oh, that's an interesting name. Yeah. Apparently, it was the first murder there in over 100 years. So as long as living memory was, that was, it was the only murder anybody could remember there. And they pretty much know who did it. They actually ended up prosecuting the guy in France. The guy never even stepped foot in France, but apparently there's some French law where like if it's a French citizen, right, you can have a trial. So they prosecuted this guy, found him guilty and sentenced him to life, but the guy is still living in Skull. They won't Ireland won't extradite him. It's really Why won't they move his murdering ass over to France? I don't know. And they had a bunch of Skull citizens and they're all like, Yeah, he's weird. We don't like this guy. Weird. I'm just hanging out, making you listen to his poetry. I tell you what Netflix documentary Landon and I are watching right now that we really like. What? Cocaine Cowboys. I thought that was a movie. No, it's a series and it is really good. What's it about? It's about these brothers that were in Miami. They were Cuban and they became, I guess, like these cocaine, these drug lords and their trial and just how everything. It's about Tony Montana? No, but it is like. Scarface-esque kind Mm -hmm. of and lavish lifestyle that they lived like their trial and jury selection and everything was such a a comedy of errors that always worked out in their favor you know it was just like why does that happen it was just like and you know one point their case was just dismissed it was like it was (laughs) despite this mountain these mountains of evidence that the the government had against them anyway it's really good it's very interesting okay i'm gonna have to start i'm gonna have to add that to my list because that sounds like it's right up jamie's aisle yes aisle aisle right up his what do you say Right up his alley. Alley. <laughs> right up his cereal aisle. Exactly. <laughs> Can you go down the cake mix aisle for me? Right, that's baking goods. <laughs> well, anyway, he likes to cook too, so that's fine. Right. It's really good. Well, other than Sophie and ICYMI book talk, I have been so busy with work. Like, in the past, I would get really busy with work and think to myself, you know, a good mild flu would be good right about now. Oh. Or... Just to, you know, just to have an excuse to lay in bed. Right. I don't want to get real sick, but it'd be nice to, like, lose three pounds and lay in bed for a day, watch TV all day. It's kind of like whenever we were talking about wanting to work and how you just wanted to get into a little fender bender so you wouldn't have fender bender just so you don't have to go to work just or like a nice little category two hurricane just something to just kind of shake things up not no one to get hurt or anything like that we've not had one hurricane all season not even a anything or even 
yeah, like nothing. Like nothing. It's like Louisiana last year. Louisiana was like a magnet last season. Now last it's year like- we had to borrow 17 generators from all different people. This year our neighbor actually gave us a generator. We've never had to use it. Of course. Because we have it. That, well, so that's, we're the reason. That's new. You're welcome, law. Gulf Coast. Take that generator and give it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll need it tomorrow. Oh, within 48 hours, there'll be something coming our way. Well, now I'm just, I'm too busy. I can't deal with any flu or Well, that's hurricane. when you'll get it. Or RSV. Can adults get RSV? I thought no, but somebody was telling me the other day that. Yeah, you can. It. Adults can get RSV. I thought, I thought that was, it was like just a, a toddler. newborn thing. Okay. Yeah. No, my friend's toddler has it. And I even, she's one and a half. Mm. And I was like, isn't she too old for RSV? Oh my God. <laughs> she was probably like, what? Yeah. She's like, you're so dumb. <laughs> Why am I friends with you? Right. Okay. No, I really, I thought that Reese was too young to get it, but apparently not. So that's pretty much all that's going on with me. What are we going to talk about this week? So today we're going to talk about Sorry I Missed You by Susie Krause. It was really good. I liked it. I really, really liked it. And I don't know if it's because it piggybacked on the corrections. And and corrections was like a really bad school assignment. Yeah. And this was like the book you read on the weekends. Right. It is. Would this be a beach read? Yeah, it would. I've already thought about that. This would be considered a beach read. It would. If you like easy books Mm -hmm. that are fun. And that I are do. quick. I love them. Okay. That's I why do. I like young adults so much. Well, this, I think this is kind of a young adult. I think I saw on Goodreads that it was an adult. I think adult. So, I saw that too. Somebody asked what it was and they said young adult. I'm not really sure that it's young adult. Though. There was nothing bad in it. It could no, be. No, there was, I don't think there was a single cuss word in it. Usually with young adult though, I think of where the characters are at least right. that age. And these weren't really. No, so no. no. I... It, but yeah, I could see where it would be because it was just a fun read. This was a book that I started and this hasn't happened in a long time, but I found excuses to sit and read. You like craved to read yes, it. Yes. And I told you that we were in the car this weekend going out of town and I had a couple hours there and back to read and I would pick it up and read a page, put it down, pick it up, read it because I didn't want it to end. You wanted to stretch it out? Yes, because it was it was so good. So when it ended, it was like, Yeah, I know. I know how you feel. But it was. It was really good. And it was, I loved the dialogue between the characters. And it wasn't super confusing or, Mm-mm. but I really, I really did like it. And the cover is actually really, really cute. If you look at the cover, you know, if, without reading the book. So I love to judge a book by its cover. It's like oh, my favorite sure. thing to do. And that's one that I would have picked up if it was on display at the book, bookstore. Yeah, the bookstore. Very good. <laughs> I was going to say bookshelf. Nope. But okay. Well, they have them there too. They do. Yes. The cover of the book at first, you're, you're like, well, there's a lot of stuff. But after you finish the book, it's like, oh, okay. It yeah. makes sense. It's cute. To me, that's like um, a contemporary fiction book. They're all kind of whimsical and fun. It kind of reminded me of not the story, but the writing style kind of reminded me of Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I didn't read that. Uh, that one is by Talia Hibbert. But it's just that same kind of like charming and modern. And I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. But there's like a certain style of writing. Like you can tell that style of writing is different than the corrections. Oh, you yes. know what I mean? Yes. And this it's definitely modern. Does that don't... make it contemporary fiction? I think so. They talk about ghosting and Instagram. So I picked this book. So what was your first impression whenever you got it? Before I read the blurb on the back? Right. I thought that it was just going to be 
an ex-boyfriend comes back or right. calls or something. I thought I kind of thought the same thing, too. I Whenever th- you first sent it, I was like, yeah, okay, that looks good. But then I read the blurb and I was like all in. Right, right. At first it was like, well, this is this might be a little a simple read for us to kind of to kind of do. Um, and then I read the reviews and I read the blurb about it. And I was like, oh, this is it's because it's got a little bit of romance, a smidge. Just a tiny bit. It's got ghosts. It's got some murder. It's got a, some murder in it's it. It's kind of got a little bit of everything it's got it's kind of pulls from from different genres um so this author she is canadian her name's Susie krauss she actually has one other book that she wrote before this book so this is her second book the first book was called valencia and valentine i think that was another one of two different people kind of thrown together and how their relationship forms right i know valencia has ocd Oh, perfect. I know. I was like, well, we should read that one. We should. We should probably. Good. I know. I would relate to, to Valencia. Incessantly clean the countertops. But that that's right. That This book came before. Sorry, I missed you. So a lot of times I know, I know like debut novels are a big thing, but they're not always my favorite because it's, that's kind of like amateur hour right. too. You know what I mean? Like. I would hope that if I ever read a book, which I'm probably not ever going to write a book, <laughs> that my like third or fourth book would be better than my first. Right. It wouldn't be one and done, like a one-hit wonder. No. And I would probably, on purpose, make my first book not super amazing so that I could get better. Because that would be a lot to live up to. It would be. And then everything after that first book, you just... Yep. You can't... <laughs> I like to set low expectations so that nobody's disappointed. Okay. Kind of like this podcast. We're going to just set low (laughs) expectations. If we get a listener or two, oh my God, did you see we had three listeners? Right. It would be great. Yes. We're not going to be like first episode. We're winning awards. All right. Well, do you want to tell me about the book? So. Wait. What? Before you tell me about the book, let me ask you, have you ever been ghosted? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever ghosted anybody? I've tried to. (laughs) (laughs) I have tried, but my anxiety gets the best of me. And I'm like, I just feel guilty or feel bad about it. So it didn't really ever work out. But yeah, I have been, when you say ghosted, like never heard from again, maybe. I don't remember. If it happened, it really didn't obviously affected you (laughs) very much to this day. What about you? Oh, yeah, I've been ghosted. Mine was weird, though. Mine was more like, you're going to talk about it in a second, but mine was more like Suna's ghosting because mine was a friend, which ghosting to me makes me think of like romantic relationship. I have, I'm trying to think if I've been ghosted by a friend. I don't think so. I think I've done my fair share of ghosting guys. Right. And I've been ghosted by a couple guys, but I'm more of like the... If you don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to you anyway. Right. Kind of team. Like, I never understand why girls get so jealous over, like, ex-boyfriends or anything. Because I'm like, well, if he doesn't want to talk to you, then why would you want to hang out with that guy? (laughs) Well, that's called common sense. I think I'm missing, like, something in my brain. Because everybody looks at me like I'm the crazy one. And I'm like, well. You're supposed to get obsessive and ride by their house. Oh, shit. All right, That's well, the fun part. <laughs> all right. Later, let's make a list of some guys we need to ride by their houses. Okay. Don't tell my husband. So the book opens up with kind of a backstory. There's three women, Mackenzie, Maude, and Suna. 
it's important to to know kind of who ghosted them. And so the book is smart and opens up right off the bat with a kind of a backstory for each woman. So Maud is actually ghosted by her boyfriend, like on her wedding day. Can you imagine? No. Just going out there and he just never shows like up. Like classic left you at the altar left, story. Yes. No. And she called him and he was drunk. So weird. That, yeah. That I just, I, I would lose it. And then Mackenzie, she, hers is a, would you say ghosted or maybe of a ghost of the past? I don't know. Hers was weird to me because I think they even, hers was her sister's. Right. But they even, during that short story, they even said that her sister's skin was pale as a ghost. Yeah. It was like foreshadowing, I guess, that right. she, was, she was not coming back. Right. And her story was interesting. The other two, Maud and Suna, those were very like ghost relationships, that ghosting relationships. Hers, Mackenzie's, was like a little more intricate where she had twin sisters and there was a murder involved and... So you find out more about Mackenzie's actual story throughout the book than you do kind of in this little backstory part. Yeah, the backstory is basically just like her sisters snuck out one night and then she just never saw them again. Right. So you're like, okay, well, something must have happened to her sister, single sister. Right. They just say sister. Her sister. And then that, then that's it. And then Suna and her friend Brett, which, by the way, I like for a girl's name. Oh, well, I love, well, your daughter's name is Elliot. Right. My daughter's middle name is James, which that was supposed to be her first name, but I'm all about some boy names for oh, girls. I, I, I love it. So Brett, I was like, oh, but it's not. Brett's a woman. Right. And they have a friendship. I thought that they were lesbians. Really? I did. Well, at first, because they were just talking about how they had a fight. cooked dinner and right. they had fought. So I thought it was just like a romantic relationship, but then it turns out they're just friends. And Brett, to me, seems like a mega bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't like her. But she, she did Suna a favor by leaving her and never contacting her again. So Brett had started some – she was an influencer. She was an yes. Instagram influencer. And she kind of just, like, pushed Suna out of her life. Uh, I think Brett's thing was, like, you have to get in your BLZ yeah. mode or zone. So – and then there's Larry. Larry. Lair, Lair. He inherits this house from his aunt. And the stipulations that are assigned to this house, per his aunt's will, are really bizarre. Like, you can't go into the attic. And you can't plant certain tree or plants. And just different. You can't listen to a certain type of music. And we found out about Larry. He is obsessed with the punk scene. He is. He's, he's in his 40s. And he's like living like it is 1993 he loves it all about punk music to the point where my only complaint about this book is they said punk way more times than they needed to (laughs) my complaint about this book is that they said that simple plan was a punk band which oh yeah um, i don't know who that is (laughs) you know who simple plan is i don't think so uh no, I was, I was like, what? But, I mean, again, this is a Canadian book. So. Right. This, this <laughs> so, is Canada. I mean, maybe Simple Plan is from Canada. My and other complaint about this book is that I listened to the book, and they, the place that they live in Canada is Regina. And they say. Oh, I said Regina. In, well, in the I book. would have said Regina had I been reading it. I would have never thought that we pronounce it Regina. 
I feel like now that's what I'm going to call my, my part. Regina? Yes. All right, I got to go bathe the important parts, like my armpits and my regina. Regina? Yeah. It's Regina in the book. I w- it never even dawned on me that it would be that. I'm sure the person who read the book for the audiobook, though, double-checked it, so that's probably how it's pronounced. I'm sure there was some, probably some vetting of how things were. I mean, I can't even pronounce bookstore. Our so. shelf. Right. And what was odd to me was that Larry, he had this will and it had, you know, his sister got a car, like his aunt's car, and he got his aunt's house. But his he was, cousin got paintings. And, right. And But he was so concerned with what the will said, like, she's I dead. I would have just been like, Why yeah, would this you, person's dead. Right. And he was so just, oh, I don't want this house. It's got all these, like, attachments. Yes. And it was bizarre. So he goes to the grocery store and he's checking out and there's a woman behind him. And they kind of, you know, you get the feeling that Larry's a little awkward, right? Right. Larry's probably never had a girlfriend. Between this book and the corrections, I just think that all guys like anything that has a regina. Right. (laughs) And and (laughs) it doesn't matter what the rest of it looks like as long as the regina is there. And I don't think Larry's ever seen a regina. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) So... He's at the grocery store and this lady's behind him and they, he's, I guess he's wearing like a band t-shirt or something. And so she notices that and it's the same band that she likes and they kind of talk. And then in his awkward wussy ways, he like scurries off. He does ask for her number though. He does. He's like, oh, look at you, Larry, asking for and a number. He, and then he immediately like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. Right. So then he leaves. He doesn't want to live in the house. He wants to lease it out. So he's got, he wants to be a landlord. So he turns this mansion or this big house into three different apartments. And Suna, Maud, and Mackenzie are his tenants. You know, the author, I was reading a little bit about the author, and she said that the book was inspired by a house down the street from her that had three mailboxes outside and looked like it could be haunted. Oh, really? So the whole premise of the book came from that house. That's interesting. That's pretty cool, huh? That is pretty cool. It makes you think, like, how many things are you passing by every day that you're not taking any inspiration from? Right. And I think it's, it's, uh, maybe it is a good financial decision for him to turn this house into rental property. Right, because he's a janitor at the art museum. Right. And it seems like he's been a janitor for a long time, and he kind of, um, convenience store woman style, says that, People look down on him because he's a janitor, but he feels like he does important work and he likes his job. Right. So he's, that's where he wants to be. He's not looking to move anywhere, but if he can rent out these apartments, then his rent will be paid and he'll have extra money plus his paycheck. So he'll pretty much be set. Right. Which is I'm good on Larry because he, he seems like he has a little, smart. Little, little bit of a plan. The story really picks up. When there's a a letter found in the mailbox, and it is wet, I guess because rain had gotten into the mailbox, and it was torn in half. It was all torn up. You could only read half of it. Right. And so it said something like, sorry, I missed you. And then it had, like, the name of the coffee shop, which is Paper Cup. Right. And it's just like, afternoon, Paper Cup, sorry, I missed you. Right. It's pretty much all you could read. That's all you could read. And so all three women... Since they were ghosted, they assume that it is has to do with each of their own history. Right. Like, oh, that's my letter. Nobody could recognize the writing. And then even at the bottom, Suna looks at it and she was like, oh, that's a B for Brett. Right. And then who is it? Mackenzie looks at it and she's like, well, I'm pretty sure that's a heart. 
for love. For, yeah. So even the signature is just like one tiny mark. You couldn't couldn't distinguish what it was. They devised this plan. And I think it was actually Mackenzie who spends her time at Paper Cup because she's a student. So she's going to be there every day anyway. Yeah. But she's just going to stake out the place. She's just going to sit there from noon to the close every day mm-hmm. and see who walks in. And since Maude is retired, she's like, well, screw it. I'll go too. And then Suna's like, no, not me. This is dumb. Which I think I would be with her. Me too. Um, If they want to see me bad enough, they'll come back. Well, (laughs) I mean, look, I love going to a coffee shop, but I'm not going to sit there for eight hours a day. Every day. Mm -mm. No, and Suna is actually a fitness instructor. Instructor? No, structure. She's a structure. (laughs) Yeah. She's an instructor. And... She works the early morning shift, so she's done working by, like, 10 or 11, something, something like that. Yeah. Early morning. Right. Late morning, she's done working, so she can just go straight to Paper Cup and hang out with the girls. Yeah. Which, these three, the dynamic between these three is interesting. You couldn't be more different, because Maude is, like, this old, angry lady. Apparently, she wears, like, almost, like, funeral clothes. Right. Basically, every single day. I guess she's lamenting her lost relationship. She sold all of her furniture because everything reminds me of Richard. Yes. And Suna is 30-something, fitness instructor, too cool for school. And Mackenzie is in school. She's 19. She's been very sheltered her whole life. She's not one to really leave her house after dark. So... They just seem like a misfit group. Absolutely. They are. They are Which is also group. one of my favorite kind of stories. Like when unlikely people. Form a friendship. Form a really, friendship. Really, yeah. Yes. And, and those are the ones that actually mean something because everyone's so different. Mm-hmm. And of course they hate each other in the beginning. Oh. All Maud three of these. and Suna. Suna is so disrespectful to Maud. She is. Like Maud is very rude. She is. But my but God. But Maud is an old lady and I'm from the South and you don't talk to old people like that. No. And she's just. She had no no filter. I, I was reading it sometimes. I was like, God, would you shut up? Come soon on. <laughs> I know. So they start Maybe hanging. you should leave Regina and come <sighs> down to the south. Really? Well, she was from Toronto. So she was from a big city. Oh, I know that one's wrong. It's Toronto. Oh, Toronto. You don't pronounce the T. Okay. Reg- Regina and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do Thanks. they speak English there? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think they speak French in a lot I of places. I think a lot of it is. Which we should know that because a lot of our, like, Cajun ancestors came from Canada. They did? Yes. Oh. They settled in Canada first, and then they moved down to Louisiana, and that's why it's Acadia. Kind of sounds like, doesn't sound like at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Thanks. I think there's, like, an Acadia region or something. I don't know. It's Acadiana. Anyway. Listen, we'll look it up later. We'll do a history lesson, (laughs) and I will tell you all about how Canada, and I don't know why I need to say it like that. (laughs) It's Canada and Acadiana. Yep. Canada and Louisiana are connected. Okay. So It'll be like Fun with Flags with Sheldon Cooper. No. Oh, no. Here we go. We're going to reference that dumb show. I love Big Bang. So they start hanging out at this coffee shop, right? They think that each of their ghosts are going to walk in. Meanwhile, at home, there's actual ghosts. Suna keeps screaming at Maud for scraping furniture, moving furniture, and it's scraping across the floor at like two or three o'clock in the morning. And Suna knows that Maud only has a couch and like a TV in her room. And she's like, I don't even know what she's moving in there. And at one point, she says she's square dancing. 
she says it sounds like <laughs> yeah. she's like moving her feet, like dancing around. Right. And then things start going missing. All of Maud's food. Oh, she's so mad at Suna for stealing her takeout. Right. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? First of all, I like to eat my takeout, but I will, under no circumstances, go to anyone's house and eat their leftovers. No. And that's what I understand, like, at work, you know, people would have things missing. I, you hear that. Like, any kind of comedy that you watch or anything, they're like, oh, so-and-so takes this or... I was watching something and everyone would say that there was mushrooms in it because the food thief didn't eat mushrooms. So it would be like a grilled cheese with mushrooms sandwich. So that just so they wouldn't eat it. But that's gross. So disgusting. First of all, you're stealing someone's food. So now they don't, they don't have, I just don't understand. Well, you know, and you see these things like, this is why I don't eat potlucks. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't know what someone's house is going to look like. Oh my God. That is so gross. Have uh, you seen videos of people where they're cats? are all over the counter. Yeah, it's like their tails like wag, like wagging in the potato salad or something. Oh, so gross. Yeah, yes. But it really took me watching that video of that cat traipsing all over that ham sandwich. Oh god. To where I was like, "Oh, well this is this is why teachers don't like home baked goods." I, I, right. I don't know. Look, I don't know what your house looks like. I don't know. Like no judgment, but I need to know your level of what you consider clean before I'm going to eat this. Or like local sugar cookie makers or any kind of like local Facebook bakery right. type places. I don't know what type of animals they got. I mean, I've got one dog and his hair really does end up in my food quite often. Right. Or on my plate. And he's a short haired dog. And I don't know. I don't. Ugh. Right. You just never And, like, did you wash your hands? That lady making the ham sandwich, she kept picking up that cat and putting it on the ground and not washing her hands, and I could not deal. So, I would not eat anyone's food out of the refrigerator. So, ghosts were taking Maud's food out of her refrigerator. So, here's the deal. Mackenzie lives in the bottom basement, and Suna lives on the main floor. Maud lives on the second floor, but then there's also an attic. An attic. So, it's essentially a four-story house, and each gr- each woman has their own Like, their level. floor. Right, their own level. Which I thought was pretty cool. And it, to be honest with you, whenever they were kind of talking about it, I, it didn't make sense in my head. Right, because that's not how we separate apartments right. here. Right. It was it was odd, you know. Like mm-hmm. Mackenzie has like a she has like a door and then stairs down and then and then like another door. It just didn't make sense to me. I was like, oh, it's a basement. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So like Suna, she's missing her library books, and then Mackenzie starts missing her shoes, mm-hmm. and so little things kind of kind of go on it. And then they are kept up at night by all these noises and. Then, then they decide they're going to call the police one night. Yes. They call Larry. He comes over. He's useless because there's all these noises going on in the attic. They call the police. And the police go up there. And it's just it's just like a little tiny attic, which didn't make sense because the house is so big. So it should have a bigger attic. There were all these noises. And Maude got tired of it. So then she called Larry to come. And Larry came over. And then they called the police, right? Yeah, I remember the police coming twice. Yeah. And they didn't see anything. They didn't see anything. Oh, they call the police to go up to the, what's the top part of the house called? But the, the widow's watch. What, widow's watch, they right. They call the police, go up to the widow's watch. They go up to the widow's watch and there's nothing up there. Right. So then they just assume, well, it's got to be ghosts. It's definitely ghosts. And the house was supposedly haunted anyway because as long as Larry could remember the house had been haunted. It was his aunt's house. His uncle had hung himself along with his business partner in the attic. So as long as Larry can remember, this is just a haunted haunted house, whatever. He doesn't even think twice about it because it's always been haunted. 
And anyway, so Larry's very, doesn't want to deal with the ghost in the attic, like, at all. No, he knows it's haunted. He knows about it. And he, for some reason, doesn't understand why anyone else would be concerned with why it was haunted. Like, right. he's just very dismissive right. of their concerns about oh, it being haunted. Oh, and Larry um, has been suspended from his job because there have been bomb threats called into the art museum where he works. And the police have traced it back to his house, him. Right, at that house. At that house, which doesn't quite make sense because he doesn't live at that house. No. So at this point, I'm starting to suspect the women. Right. I'm like, which one of these women? I thought it was Maude. Me too. I thought it was her too. Because. She was following it so close in the newspaper. Right. And she kind of a little kooky. Yeah. A little kooky old lady. So that was my. Trying to get some excitement going on. Right. I thought. And then I thought it was Mackenzie because she seemed to be the most troubled. And Maude kind of dis- digs up some dirt on her to figure out what happened with her ghosted story. So in the beginning, we learn that Mackenzie's sister ghosts her. Maude does some digging and finds out that two twin sisters go missing. Mackenzie's never mentioned. The girls that go missing look nothing like Mackenzie at all. Like no. they're not even. They don't even look like they're from the same family. So she thinks that maybe Mackenzie is one of the twins or that she stole an identity. She stole an identity. Right. Like, she thinks something's going on. She knows Mackenzie's not being completely truthful at this point, which Mackenzie gets rightfully so upset about. And while I was reading this, I thought, yeah, Mackenzie seems to be a liar. I, I was starting to question her and her story as well because she she has all these conversations with her parents. But then I thought, well, do her pa- I mean, is, did she fake her own death or <laughs> something? You know, like something was something was. But weird. her dad had called her and he called her Mackenzie. Right. So then that didn't quite make sense. About this point, I think everything kind of starts getting wrapped up, which I appreciate. I hate a book that leaves things undone. Absolutely. I don't want to question. I want you to do it for me. That's why I'm reading the book. I find out what happened. what's happening. Right. Richard and Maude end up meeting again. So at the beginning, Suna and Maude have a kind of very tumultuous relationship. Yes, to say the least. But they end up kind of all looking out for each other and forming this just weird family. So they might fight with each other just like, you know, like you can fight with your sister and call her all sorts of crazy names. But if anybody else no, does that, no. then excuse me? No, no one else can. Me, just me. Right. They all kind of start really caring about each other. Not to say that they aren't fighting anymore, but they all have a great relationship, like a, a cool kind of relationship. So I think Mackenzie and Suna actually talk Maude into calling Richard because Suna honestly has no desire to talk to Brett anymore. No. I think she's upset about how the relationship had gone because they had been such good friends and she just, she missed how it was, but it wasn't going to be that way anymore. Right. And she does, I mean, she did kind of, you know, Instagram stalker all the time and kind of see what she was up to. And I mean, you can kind of understand that too. Like if someone, if it's right there, it's hard not to look at. Well, right. If you're sitting here and you're wondering what happened and it looks like the other person's not, and they're just living their life and they're, it can, can make you a little jealous. Mackenzie's story was kind of a little bit all over the place. Like her twin sisters were actually adopted. Yes. That's why they didn't look like Mackenzie. That's why they didn't look like Mackenzie. They were looking for their biological parents they had contacted someone on the internet who had convinced them that they were their brother and they needed all the money. Mm-hmm. He was he was conning them. He was conning them. 
They found one of the sisters dead almost immediately. Right. I'm not sure. Did they did they confirm the other one was dead based on a new tip that had come in during the book? I th- right. I think that Omar, the guy that they had contacted that said that knew their mother, I think he had a tip that the other one was murdered. So Mackenzie's story ends up to where both the twins are, are dead, which is awful. I can imagine after years of wondering what happened... I would honestly hope that my family wasn't still alive being tortured somewhere. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, it's it's like, which one's worse? Would you rather them be alive after five years but being held prisoner and tortured somewhere? Or would you rather them have been killed almost immediately and they haven't been suffering? So she's... I know. Each one is they, terrible. They're both terrible. There's no good end to it. No, but there's it kind not. of at least gives them closure. Right. So she's got that. And the news never mentioned her because her parents kept her out of the news because they didn't know what had happened to their other two daughters. So they kept Mackenzie out of the news just so they're... The, the person wouldn't come back and try to get and try to get their Mackenzie, other daughter. which made sense after it was explained. Yeah, you don't want your young like juvenile in the news with like her name and picture and everything. But it's they also like oh commuter, right? Here she is, and that's why Mackenzie was kind of kept under their thumb because they were so scared that something was going to happen to her that they were really strict with her, and so she couldn't wait to leave the house to move out. So she moved into this apartment. Then as soon as she moves in then as soon as she moves in she does not like to be out after dark she puts like a chair underneath her doorknob right. she, she realizes it's not as cracked up as, as she thought it would be so Maud reconnects with richard then the ghost thing pretty much comes to a head and they call the police again to go up there because there's all these noises and they just can't take it anymore can't take it anymore suna run goes upstairs first remember so suna goes up there to death and she runs down and she's like oh my God, there's people up here. Then the police come. So there's two sets of police that come. There's the police that come to investigate the house from the police call. And then there's police that come about the bomb because they've tracked it down to that house. So the bomb police show up first. And right. And Suna's like, it's in the attic. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, what? And it's like this police. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, you can investigate the attic first and then we'll do our bomb investigation. Or <laughs> So they go up there. And then all, and then here come the police, and they're walking down these old people. It's like how many old people? Five. That was like nine. It's like this whole like a lot of old people. This parade of older people who have been living in the attic. I would die. So cringy. I. Do you listen to the podcast Radio Rental? No. It's got Rain Wilson. Oh, I love him. He's the host. His name is Terry Carnation. <laughs> and he's like this creepy video store rental guy. He's kind of, he's not in it. He's just the host. So he'll be like, oh, well, now introducing this videotape. And he'll put in a tape of somebody like telling their story. Right. And some of the scariest ones, I've heard a couple where a family moves into a house and same thing things start going missing and move it around and they figure out that somebody has been living in their house except for it's it's not like a whimsical funny charming book (laughs) it's like a really scary real life thing it is so freaking creepy to think that you could be sleeping in your bed and somebody could just be walking around your house and you don't even know it and it's just up there or just around your house walking around your kids rooms oh that's nauseating oh my god so they put two and two together and figure out that these people that have been living in the attic are the ones that called in the bomb threat. Uncle, uncle, I don't know his name. 
The uncle was an artist, and they had decided that if he were dead, his paintings would pull in more money because the museum that Larry works at refused to accept his paintings. They right. didn't want them. So they were like, oh, we'll fake this death, and they'll take our they'll take them. Right. Which is, and the cousin was in on it, so he was supposed to bring the paintings to the art museum. Then when the art museum still didn't want them. Because they didn't know who he was. They right. forgot that. So then when the art museum still didn't want the pictures, then he couldn't come just, back down from the attic. He was stuck just up called there. it a bomb threat. <laughs> right. Up if there. you won't take my paintings, you can't have any paintings. Right. So he's up there and his aunt, who was supposed to, who supposedly had died and left the house, she's up there too. So just living with her husband. And that's why she didn't want, she had all these stipulations. Can you imagine you're living in the attic, but you don't want geraniums or something planted in the front yard? Like... Or like, oh, she hated Celine Dion's. She right. didn't want to hear Celine Dion's voice. Right. <laughs> what they call her? A uh, caterwauling yeah, or something? Yeah, and she put it in the will. Caterwauling banshee. <laughs> so all these... Is people- Celine Dion Canadian? Yes. Oh, why are they hating on her then? They should be like promoting her. Right. She should be their queen. Right. Queen Celine. Right. But she hated her. And so she it all made sense about why they didn't... She didn't had all these weird things in the will because she was still alive. So, right after that, Maud and Richard actually do get married. So, it's kind of a happy ending. But then, um, what about that letter? Well, yeah, right. So, the final two pages, I'm reading it. And I'm like, okay, they didn't even acknowledge the letter until they do. Of course, during Maud and Richard's wedding. Of course. Of course. They happen to get married in the kitchen. There's a knock at the door. Who is it? I had no idea. Pizza it's, Domino's? It's the lady from the grocery store in the beginning that was talking to Larry. Yep. She said he asked for her number and she got nervous. So she started laughing and he took that as a, I don't want to give you my phone number. So he ran away, but she was interested. And she had, he had mentioned that he had just inherited a big house on this certain Everyone street. knew what it was. Right. And so she left the letter. And she worked right next door to the paper cup. So it all... It all came full circle. So basically, in conclusion, it's that ghosts aren't real. That's basically what the whole book's saying. It's like the ghosts in the attic weren't actually ghosts. And then the people that ghost you, it's not them. It's you giving the power over you. Exactly. It did have like a little bit of a life lesson at the end, which made sense. It did. I liked it. I thought that it was cute. I read the acknowledgments and at the very, very end of the acknowledgments, it says, and thank you to all my own ghosts without whom I would have not thought to write this book. Feel free to email me and tell me what happened. I thought that was (laughs) so cute. cute. That's very cute. This author was super cute. No, she is. Even her name is cute. Susie. Reviews. A lot of the people... This book was like, what, four stars on Amazon? Right. It got a lot of good reviews. Everyone thought that it was just... Charming and whimsical. And cute. All the adorable little little, Everyone loved the characters. Yeah. Okay. And then I read on Goodreads and it... It was not... It didn't fare very well at the beginning. No. And you have to look for the bad reviews because there's not that many... I mean, most books don't have that many bad reviews, but there's always going to be someone who doesn't like it. What did you find for bad reviews? So this person gave one star, says, I dislike this book in every way. The characters were unlikable. The plot was so incredibly boring. Anything that might start to have some interest ended up just being a mention or something absurd. And then when everything is tied up at the end, it's unsatisfying. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> Which is funny. I thought that it was extremely it was satisfying. Like, like every single loose end they, was tied up they, with a nice every, little bit. They explained every little yes. thing. What? Did she read the same book? 
I had one girl, Kara Trammell, Trammell, from Goodreads.com, gave it one star and says, it was okay. Now, Corey on Goodreads gave it two stars and said, it was quirky and amusing, though there were simply too much thing, too many things, simply too much things, that's what this person says. I ain't never seen the inside of a book before. (laughs) Too much things going on in the book that I had a hard time keeping up with the pacing and the characters. Perhaps I would have liked it better if the pacing was different and the plot had more structure. Well, see, I, I personally disagree with that because... In this book, every chapter, and the chapters are three pages, four pages at the most, goes from each character. So each character gets a their own perspective. Yeah, I think a lot of the bad reviews were that people had a hard time keeping up with whose brain you were in. But it says in the beginning of each chapter. Yeah. Larry, Sana, like, yeah. Maud, like... It tells you, so you have to really not pay attention to not know what's going on. It was a very easy read. It was. One Kindle customer said, I couldn't get past the first story. So sad and depressing. The author is so young and pretty. She should write happy stories. I was. Finish the book. I was so offended by that. Just because she's like the cutest little author ever. She's got to write happy stories. It was not even a depressing story. It was something that could happen to anybody. She got left at the altar. I mean, that's, yeah, that's sad and depressing, but. I just found that so insulting that because she's pretty, she can't write a story. Anything with emotion. Right. Somebody else said, you won't be sorry to miss this one. Like they were trying to make a play on the title. Right. Oh, okay. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. (laughs) A lot of people said that the characters weren't developed enough. They weren't likable. I thought they were plenty developed, plenty likable. I liked them all. I liked all of them. Even Maude. Right. She had that weird way that old people can be mean and still be really likable. So I thought that that she did a great job. No, I did too. I I liked all of the characters. Even Larry. K. Even Larry, who was, uh, I felt cringy for him most of the time. Oh my gosh. He was still likable. He came from a, he had a good heart and he came from a good place. Yeah. All right. Tell me what your mug's about this week. So I went simple. My mug is an actual paper cup. Oh, like a disposable from. Like a disposable to go cup, just like they would serve at the paper cup, which is their coffee shop that they set at every day. That was genius. I, I like know, that. So smart. <laughs> Mine is a ghost reading a book in front of some bookshelves. It says, if you got it, haunt it. And I got this off of Etsy from Jordaline Reads is the shop name. Cute, cute shop. Super cute shop. She's got all sorts of cute book-related things, mugs, tote bags, notebooks. They say things like literally dead with ghosts on it. <laughs> right. Cute. STFU, I'm reading. So I really liked her her shop. And then to top it off, she's Canadian. See, she, I want, we need to get send her a copy of this book. I know. Well, I actually contacted her and asked her if it was okay that I said her name and her, her like shop name and everything. Right. So we'll tag her in our post. So you liked the book? I did. I did too. I was I pleasantly it surprised. Was, it was nice to read that after the corrections. Not, I love the corrections I know we, we, we keep We keep referencing the corrections a lot. That one was Because just the hard corrections is read. a lot. Yeah. The corrections was just really hard to read. You kind of had to think about it. And this was more of a let me coast through this. Right. Not to think about. And we'll get over the corrections one day. One day we'll, we, one won't, day. Even, we won't even talk about it. Uh-uh. But today's not it. <laughs> today's not the day. So what is our next book? I'm excited about the next book. 
So our next book is American Fire, Love, Arson, and Life in a Vanishing Land by Monica Hess. Hesse? 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 I don't know. Give me a Fontenot, Thibodeau, Hebert. I can pronounce that all day, but give me simple letters and I will be confused. Well, I still say Richard, Richard. David, David. I I mean, David and Richard, not David and Richard. All right, well. You came from that one place in Canada. (laughs) Well, we are from central Louisiana, so it was... You know, last names didn't start change. Don't start changing really until you get to like Ville Platte. You got to get underneath I ten, right? And then they start kind of changing. But I am excited about this book, and it's a true crime, true life book. Misty and I have our first love is true crime. If you give me some clues about the forensic files, and I will tell you mm-hmm. all about it. I will tell you an interesting detail from the story, and I will tell you who did it. Right, and I would say always the husband, and it was always Antifreeze. Yes, Antifreeze doesn't work. <laughs> Except for that one time that it was tobacco. Do you or, remember that one time where the guy overdosed his wife with tobacco? I didn't even know you could do that. You I'm got- sure I did. I'm sure I've watched it probably so seven times. this book is about some an arsonist in Virginia. I think he ends up setting almost 100 fires. I started listening to this book and very quickly realized this was not really a book that you could listen to. Right. So I bought a copy. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess because it's like, it's real. It's not like a story. Right. It's more like a news article, I guess. I needed to see the names to kind of be able to remember it. I started reading it last night when I got in bed and I had to put it down because I was really kind of getting into it and I'm going to save it for today. So when I get home. You don't want your books to overlap. Right. Now I've gotten, sorry, I missed you out of my system. Yeah. Now I'm going to to start on this one. And this one is a very, just looking at it is, I mean, it's, I think, 240 pages. This is a short one. I think it's going to be a good one. I think so, too. So, read. Sorry, I missed you. It was really good. Well, you know what? We just gave you the whole, the plot. So. Well, now you don't have to read it. You can right. pretend like you read it and impress all your friends with all these books you've been reading lately. Right. But really, read the book. I, I know we kind of gave you all these spoilers and everything, but... I want to read Valencia and Valentine now. I do too. But it wasn't available on my app, oh, my God. library app. So you can not. just buy it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just bought my daughter one of those Pottery Bar backpacks, though. Oh, so right. I don't have any money. Right. Well, Elliot has one, too. They're $7 million. <sighs> Elliot got off the bus yesterday with Plus her. Plus $12 if you want to get it monogrammed. Right. And you have to get it monogrammed. Yeah. So Elliot got, got off the bus yesterday with her rolling Pottery Barn book side. Down your gravel driveway. Down my dr- gravel road. It's like running. Flipping back and forth. Yes. It was, it's like she was running to the plane. It's what she looked like on a gravel road. And I'm screaming at her, put it on your back. You're going to mess it up. <laughs> god it's gonna be it's it's, i don't think it's gonna make it to september she can get like one of those belt loops (laughs) right that that you used to have from the 20s was it an actual belt did they just use belt i I think it was a book belt if that's even a thing but maybe it was a real belt it was weird so instagram facebook twitter talking shittature i think twitter might be at talk shittature because you're limited with your characters i can't remember i'm sure you'll be able to find it though gmail is talking shittature at gmail.com Find us, follow us, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. All the good things. And we will see you back next time. Bye. Bye.